episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Rich Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, we are fighting through technical woes and difficulties, and uh, you know what? It's a little bit like some of the refing that's taking place in some of these series. And, and Ethan, I know you've got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, foul drawing culture is a plague, and I don't like that Victor Oladipo got 10 free throws a day. I don't like that Luka Doncic is drawing a thousand fouls and um it's just it's just a plague on the eyesight and the game doesn't have flow basketball is supposed to be a free moving free flowing game of motion and it is just today it was it was it was like football you you watched for 15 20 seconds and then you stopped and took a minute break you watched like that's what it was today in my experience and that's what frustrates me and so here we are today to talk about it and it's that important that we're fighting through this uh horrible uh, technical problems that I'm having on my end. So uh, with, with this, I struggle because I don't think that there is like, there are probably some small solutions on the margins that that could be made, could be better. But in the end, I don't know what you do about this because what we find ourselves is we're in the playoffs. We're, we're, we're getting you know, second round. We're working our way uh, as, as we move toward the goal, right, the goal of any of these clubs and teams is to win a championship. And the margins are so thin that it's, well, let me get every single advantage I can, I can get. You look at any other um, realm of basketball, whether it's navigating the cap, whether it is uh, navigating the draft, whether it's free agency and, and the tampering that goes on just so you can get a little edge. It's all about getting those margins. Just right because you know, in, in all the end, you need the health luck and all. It's it's trying to make sure that you can win win the championship. And this foul drawing, right, is just another ramification of that. And so I don't I don't really know what the um, approach is. Yeah, there's specific rules that you could say. All right, well, if we let's just ban the weak side, you know, step underneath uh, charge, right? Then maybe you get rid of some of that. But if you don't call some of this stuff as people are driving them, the defenders are going to start, you know, getting more aggressive. And then you're going to have uh, a key injury. And then we've got we've got problems and injuries. So it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's just really frustrating because, like, if any of this stuff happens and pick up, everyone's just going home and not playing that run anymore. But because it's not how it works and it's not call your own fouls. And that also would be a mess on its own. Um, it's just you, you get guys just trying to find every single advantage, like you said, with the cap and every other thing. And I'm just looking at, you know, you know, the, the heater, like, you know, being physical, the Sixers being physical. But, you know, Joel Embiid's taking a, you know, little floating away from the room jumper and he gets a, 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 a nothing touch and it's a foul. And like then you get, you know, someone else like going towards the rim and there's a little nothing like nothing tap and they're getting and they're not getting a whistle or sometimes it's, it's just there's no there's no consistency to it which I think is what I find the most frustrating, but that's going to happen ref to ref game to game. But man, it's just really irritating when you're watching someone like, you know, get beat up on an inbound pass and then someone get not like barely touched or not touched in some cases. And there's a, a foul called on a, a shot. It's just, ugh, it just makes me sad. Well, that's right. I mean, there's the mantra of that, you know, you've heard before, you know, they can't call them all. Right. So it, because they're not going to call them all. And guess what? Let's, you know, we, we get all up in arms when, oh, I mean, I, I remember like LeBron James has been fouled out for like the first time in, you know, ever to play. And, and it's like, you know, we're, we're fouling out our stars. And then that that's, that's the discussion or it's, um, it, or 
it's it's always coming down to you know coming down to the end of some of these games and then it's oh let's go look at the last two minute report uh, after the fact it's a bunch of oh we should have called this and that and this we missed that foul and it's it's really just you look at every single one of these series and refing is one of the main things that's being talked about in every single one of them right in in in, uh grizzlies warriors right it's a who got ejected this game you know who should have gotten ejected that game who was going to get ejected next game right With, with with the uh Celtics Bucks, it's Giannis is just attacking the room so much. How is it not a charge? Yeah, you know, he plays so physical. And uh, you know, we, the game, the game that just happened, right? With with uh the Miami Heat and Sixers, it's we've got um Kyle Lowry on one end doing everything that he does, and then we got James Harden, Joel Embiid in the other, and then Luka Doncic to Chris Paul. So it's it's oh man, it, I don't know. I, I don't know the solution. I don't know if there is one, and I would just like to I just want to talk ball. I want to talk, want to talk basketball. I want, want, want to put all of it behind us. And uh, you know what? I you know maybe maybe the NBA could just do a little bit with le- a little less Scott Foster. Maybe we're good there. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like I tweeted and I like Cal Lowry is just too good for the stuff the dumb stuff he does. Like he was doing like the whole flinching in the lane thing. It finally got called on. He did it earlier, like from the you know in the above the the third guy, and then he was on the bottom and he did a little flinch in the lane. They finally called a lane violation on him. It's like, man, like you are such a good basketball player. What are you doing? And it makes just makes me so sad because like Kyle Lowry is a good basketball player. I have a lot of respect for him, but his buffoonery just kills me as a Heat fan. It's like that's the entire Heat team though. They love the buffoonery stuff. But anyway, let's not belabor more like stupidity in the basketball realms. Let's just get to actual basketball and talk about how the Sixers with Jerome Bude back in the lineup have managed to pull even with the, uh, the Miami heat. Let me just also say just a hilarious note and basketball reference hasn't updated it for the most recent game, but uh, in that series, the free throws per field goal attempt is the exact same. So that's hilarious. Not that that is at all a, like, not that it should be, but it's, it's just funny. Um, Listen, it's all buffoonery. It has nothing to do with one team getting like the benefit of the whistle. It's just buffoonery. They're both playing stupid basketball. It's not fun to watch. Well, th- who was fun to watch tonight was uh, a few people, right? Jimmy Butler, you know, coming out and uh, basically putting on a performance pretty similar to what you saw in that that bubble finals run when he was when it was just basically him carrying a, a team of you know carrying your, 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 your injured and, and, and sad team uh, to, to, to the finish line, dropping 40 points today um, now on 65% uh, field goal percentage today, uh, six assists, two steals, two blocks. He, he was able to you know, get wherever he, he wanted to, right. He was able to get in there. And a lot of times Embiid was switched on him. And uh, sometimes that was intentional uh, because, you know, Jimmy's not known to be an outside shooter and uh, you know, but he would go in and, Get get hit get to his shot right and he can, he can make it. Uh, on the other side, oh, I should say, shout out to Victor Oladipo, who I was not sure would continue to be a thing, and he he has you know, coming off the bench, fifteen points. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, like we mentioned, a lot of those free throws. Anyways, moving on. Uh, on the other side of things, you know, seeing Joel Embiid be back, I got to be honest, Ethan, I did not watch the first two games because I was like, I don't care for whatever's going on in this series, sans Joel Embiid, I know what's going to happen if Joel Embiid's not there. Uh, but tonight comes out, you know, drops his 24 points. And it just, 
him being there opens up so much for so many other people and James Harden coming in and, uh, you know, looking a little bit, a little bit like his old self again, um, hit, hitting some shots uh, that we, um, we, we're accustomed to him making a little more frequently than he has this postseason. And you know what? That was nice to see. Yeah. Now, James Harden played really well tonight. The real story of the, the series here, though, Richard, like not to overlook it, it's just, it's, it's who's at home so far. And I know, like, obviously the Sixers um, didn't have Joel Embiid in the first two games, but they shot the ball poorly in Miami, and the Heat shot the ball poorly in Philadelphia. Like, the Heat shot 23% um, from three when the the series is in Philadelphia. I don't even know if they shot at the home series, but I know, like, that was a thing that Danny Green, for example, wasn't very good in the first games in Miami. And that's just what it was. The role players have been good at home so far. And, like, you know, the Heat, he played horrible today in terms – in the aggregate – and they still had like some chances down the stretch that they just, you know, if they if they make one or two more threes, like they're right there. And then, you know, it's a Jimmy Butler versus James Harden or Joel Embiid for the last few possessions. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see that, you know, with Joel Embiid, how the others of the Sixers play back down in Miami. But so far it's been it's been just who's home and that's who the role players like George Yang, really good night tonight. You know, I don't know what his percentage will be, but he made quite a few really important threes in that third and fourth quarter to keep the lead to a, you know, hard to manage number. But I mean, he doesn't get to take one of those unless Joel Embiid is there to kick it, kick it all the way back out to the top of the key and knock it down. And I'm looking forward to this, to this next game, to this game five, because you're going to see, all right, let's, let's go back to Miami and let's see it with Joel Embiid there. Uh, One of the things that I noticed early on is with, you know, the, Miami Heat tendency to, to switch a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that that opens up is, all right, well, uh, potential mismatches in, in the post to Joel Embiid. And what they were doing is Joel Embiid was kind of just sealing them high because they were trying to front. Help side really wasn't there, able to lob it over, and Joel Embiid was able to get some you know some easy shots there. And the Joel Embiid, James Harden pick and roll is really difficult to stop if both of those guys are are playing you know their, their top, top-notch self. And... I, I just, I wonder um, two things. I, I wonder kind of what this looks like if, if the Heat maybe will be a little more selective with some of their switching. I mean, that could open some things up with some miscommunications if you're not legitimately switching everything. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like. And then you, know, you, you talk about, I mean, we, we, they just hit you know, a few more threes. Duncan Robinson, a man, has not been seen. Is he what's going on with with I know that Spoh's been, you know, willing to just say, all right, some some key guys, we're going to sit you because we need we need, you know, to give this other guy some shine. Max Drews is out there, probably gives you a little more on the defensive end and um, and Victor Oladipo, uh, you know, can can, I guess, bring more. The, is it is it just that aspect? Because I feel like there's places where if you say, like, let's not switch every single thing. I think that there's probably situations, especially because up until, I don't know, this this game, James Harden hadn't hadn't looked the most bursty. I I feel like you could find ways to, you know, get get around it and and have someone that has to be, uh, you know, accounted for on that end, on the other end. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I just don't understand him not getting any burn when the two, for two consecutive games, the the shots haven't fallen for any of the others, you know? Like, it's not like Gabe Vincent's, you know, Gabe Vincent's not playing a lot, but he's not making shots when he's been in. We're talking about 
you know, Victor Oladipo. He's probing and getting the line today, but he wasn't shooting well. Even Tyler Hero, like probing, not shooting well. Kyle Lowry, probing, making some assists in the first half, not shooting well. It's like you don't have to give Duncan a big berth to find out if he's going to have it tonight or not. You know, you don't. he doesn't have to have a, a, a one for 11 night to like, oh, well, we tried the Duncan thing. Just run him out there for a few sets. You're going to get either a couple layups or a couple really good opportunities for Duncan if you just use him. I understand that he's not a good defensive player. He's a consistent liability for anyone he guards if you're not maybe like a, a Matisse Thibel or a George Niang who, other than just a size advantage, well, you, you go post him up. Sure, you, but he can guard him at the three-point line. And but they're we're helping out there. so much. But they're, yeah, they're playing. There. They are playing. There's places where you can hide him. And it's, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, for me, I know that, playoff rotations being into Titan, but this seems like a, a situation where it's all right, let's go nine deep and let's give, you know, Max Struess, uh, you know, some runs, see what he has. Let's give Duncan Robbins some runs, see what he has. Who's hot tonight. You know, yeah. let's run with them. Gabe Vincent, whoever it is. And let's roll with them, you know, in, in the second half and you could tighten it up when, when it really needs to get tight. I don't, I don't know that that just. I was like, Max Struess should play more. Because he's a competent defender. He's a really good shooter. Like, he can do all the Duncan stuff, plus is not just an absolute uh, sieve defensively. Like I, maybe I mean, not quite the versatility of, like, yeah, floating I, I, around I, a screen. But, like, yeah, I, like I think consistently the can make contested yes. jump shots. Oh, he, 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 can, he can make the jump shots. I, it's, Duncan Robinson, you know, coming off of screens and handoffs is is a, a thing that requires a lot of gravity, which if – if Joel Embiid's out there, I, I really want to test that. I, I really want him to be forced to, you know, to, to extend himself on the defense end, especially with all, and I know he doesn't have like a knee thing this year, like he did last year. Uh, but, you know, let's make him work a little bit. And I think that somebody like Duncan Robinson does that more than, you know, some of these other guys, even if Max Roos is a good shooter, even if, um, you know, Gabe Vincent uh, is, and has earned minutes uh, with his play this year, right? Um, and Victor Oladipo of late. I don't know. I just let's let's give a little run spell. Yeah, I just don't understand why he's completely out. That's what I don't understand. Because like the guys, like he, he all he did was play an incredible game one against the Hawks, and it has seemed like maybe ten minutes of court time since. And I, I, I understand that he's a liability defensively, but we're playing guys who are also like Victor Oladipo is hustling, but he's a, he's a liability defensively right now as well. I don't know if anyone else has seen that, but I'm not seeing a good defender out of Oladipo and Tyler hero. We know he, he tries, but he's, he's also a liability. And I just think if you're not going to play, if you're not playing Tyler hero, like get Duncan a couple possessions and see if you can steal six points even, because I don't think they're going to go perfect while he's on the court. If you, if you, put the right scheme and personnel around him, i.e. a Kyle Lowry, a Jimmy Butler, a Bam Adebayo, just like he was in the starting lineup a lot of the season. Last last note here on this series, shout out, shout out Tyrese Max. He's been playing really well this series. And so I, good. I, you know, what, what he's been able to do in transition. Um, and, you know, he's right now, uh, I mean, coming into this game, he was shooting 52, 43, 90-ish. And, you know, after, after today's game, you know, putting up basically 50, 40, uh, 100. From the free throw line, like he's he's been out there doing doing his thing, and uh, oh. you love you love to see it. Yeah, just remind me of why I wish that he would have drafted him instead of Precious Achua. But you know, it's it worked out. We got Kyle Lowry, but maybe we just would have been okay with 
Tyrese Maxey and he would have developed. You never know how people develop and which ways they go. But man, that I just real like him being as good as we kind of thought he could be during the draft process, like the shooting not being a problem. It's it's cool to see him being so successful. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go to this, the uh, the next series that happened today. I, I just got to say, I I didn't really see this coming. Um, I, you know, I was basically after the first two games, sons and four, you know, that, that, that mantra. And uh, what we, we've got ourselves um, a series. And I, I guess the series hasn't yet begun because, you know, based off of whatever, whatever that is, uh, whatever that mantra is. But, man, it's. I mean, today Chris Paul was was not great, and you know some of the antics and and things that he usually you know does, which he gets a little you know he was he paid for him a little bit today. Um, uh, and you know sometimes sometimes that happens. I'm sure that uh, the Suns are going to send video into the league, and it'll, it'll look different uh, in, in in the next game, and, and it'll just keep flip flopping. But we're not here to talk about the rest. Um, I man, I after the first two games. I have, and I've been worried about uh, Jalen Brunson uh, as far you know, from a Pistons perspective that we're going to throw the bag at him. And I was, you know, still a bit worried regardless, but I mean, he's at least been able, you know, to make him pay in, in these last couple of games. And I, I don't, I worry a little, I don't know. It, it, you, you, you want to see a little bit more from, from Aiton, but at the same time, he's reliant on, other guys getting the ball in in some good spots and I, I don't know I what, what what's your read on this series because I expected it to be over by now so <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you have well I wouldn't have expected to be over by now I just think Luca. I think what we're seeing is Luka Doncic doing a superstar thing this team is not as good as the Suns and I I think the Suns will ride this out it might take seven games it really might but I think you'll see I think you'll see two more Suns games where they kind of just beat beat the crap out of the, the Mavericks, and you'll see another game where the Mavericks are really like they're on it. They're Bertans is hitting some shots. Like I think it could go seven, I, but I, I am very confident we'll see at least one more Suns beat them down game because that team is a lot better. But just like we saw with the Mavericks playing the Clippers for two straight years, is Luca can do his thing and he despite playing a Kawhi despite playing a Paul George despite playing a Marcus Morris who's a good matchup for Luca you know in terms of size and strength he's gonna get his stuff going and then it just depends on how many of the others a Tim Hardaway to a year ago or two years ago a Reggie Bullock today a Dwight Powell a year ago you know it's or Bo, Bo, Boyan just you know, or oh, I'm saying his name wrong my goodness Boban um, being just a massive heap at the rim, just being able to catch an easy pass from Luca. It just depends on how those guys show up, and I don't think they can show up four like the, the, those guys right now. I don't think can show up four games out of seven the way they need to. Jalen Brunson is going to make a tough little run at it, but again, like Jalen Brunson is good. He's really solid. You know, if I'm a Pistons, yeah, like I like him. But if you're talking the big money that he should be able to get from Dallas. No, no, thank you. Not, not on my, not in my backyard, as I would say. Yeah, I mean, if, if you go a penny over twenty a year, I just, I just want no part of it. I probably want to get him for a little bit less. He's going to get more than that. So, um, what's what's been just a revelation for these um, these Dallas Mavericks is just the way that they've been able to shoot it from three, and 
it's it's the same uh, some similar issues again where where you the way that you're going about defending um defending Luca you know sometimes you're giving up soft switches and Cam Johnson for as much as I like him just hasn't been able to keep up when he's been in he hasn't been able to keep up uh defensively and you know guess what Luca Doncic is one of the best offensive players uh in the league and not many can even if you physically can if you can with speed but his you know ability to control the pace and at his size just makes life difficult um but you look out here and say all right Dorian Dorian Finney-Smith hitting eight of 12 today my goodness right you know hitting even if Luka Doncic is one for ten right himself he's finding other people and and they're able to knock it out Davis Bertans today coming alive right uh four four of six from three, you, you look at the series that um, I guess not even the series, just the playoffs that Maxi Kleber has had. Um, but he's he's been, I mean, greatest three point shooting big man of all time. I don't know. He's got to be in the discussion with the past two weeks that he's been ha- having. But it's th- the shooting that um, they've been able to find in in each game. Maybe it's not the same person each time, but they've been finding people um, to, to to knock down big and key shots. And I don't know, it's, it makes me wonder, you know, what, what's the, what's the next move? If, if you're the Suns, how do you go about doing it? Because if you're going to give up soft switches, then, you know, you're going to let, um, you know, Luka Doncic get whoever he wants onto him and it drive, drive, drive down, drive down the lane. If you end up showing two to the ball, being over aggressive and these Mavs shooters, Jalen Brunson has been shooting poorly from three. He's like the only one out of the lineup who's been shooting, you know, poorly, so I mean, there's some regression, perhaps positively from him. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just begin. I it becomes a little bit dicey, and this is why uh, Luka Doncic has been. You know, this is why we've been. Uh, you know, in on Luka Doncic from, from from the beginning, his ability to to do all of this, and um, it's just it's just crazy how the Suns were able to like run every single like in that game too, just put him in every single thing. And just wear him out, and here we are, two two. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it comes down to this this whole superstar thing, and he's just that dude. And if he has the help, he's in every series. I think about like you know young LeBron back in the day, and like how he would just with nothing around him just continually be competitive and push those bad bad Cavs teams to like you know pushing real like solid teams like the Pistons, like you know just to the brink. Couldn't always do it. Like this, he finally got out of the first round this time, and maybe he'll get out of the second. Like, I think the Suns will beat him. I think there's one more beat him down, and I think it'll be at least one in a close game. And then Luca could be the one who wins the close game, and then who knows about Game Seven? Uh, l- l- let's be clear. Um, I mean, LeBron James, the defensive end, you know, way way better, way better than than Luca is right now. Different player, but, but 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 at the same time, the offensive burden that you're noting between them uh, is and probably was. There's some similarities that in there. I mean, one of the comps that you saw just because of how big and the passing ability and, um, you know, you saw some of the similarities, uh, you know, coming out there. But I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. I am I'm less confident now that, than, than I was. And, man, I, I hope the Suns get it this year. Um, that's, that's, that's who I hope uh, – I just I want, I want it for I want it for Chris Paul. That that's that's what I want. That's I, I understand. I, I understand. I understand you in particular wanting otherwise. Um, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I think it just comes down to like the Suns are still shooting well for three. 
like really today was kind of like just a Chris a Chris Paul fiasco day. Like that that doesn't happen most of the yeah. time. And I like this is a, it's a ten point game in the day with like you know basically the only player on the Suns that was like really just getting like DeAndre Aiden, you know his normal self just putting it in when he gets the opportunity to. But like no real others like off the bench just doing it for you, you know. And with Chris Paul not playing enough because of the foul trouble and antics, etc. Like th- those those ten points are easy to figure out where they're missing. It's all about Chris Paul. And, and the, the fourth quarter is his time. And you know, yeah. And if you, if you don't get to participate, then you know that's that's kind of toast. Yeah, yeah. And Devin, without any help, you know, today put together a, a pretty solid, efficient game. We'll see how. Like I said, I think this. I think the Suns. Like if, I'm gonna see what the line is for Game Five, and if it's the Suns are like minus five and a half or less, I'm gonna bump it up to nine and a half. They're gonna win the next game by double digits. I'm just wow. gonna go ahead and lock okay. it in. All right. Um, hopefully, no one gets injured for you there. Uh, moving on to, um, or hopefully, it's not a Scott Foster game. Moving on. Um, d- double check that. Uh, we've got the. Two next two series, two to one, right? The um, Milwaukee Bucks leading the Boston Celtics, and I mean, going into the series, I had the Bucks, but you know, I think you guys, you and Elkin had Boston, um, and I was a little bit uncertain of it, just because you know, no Chris Middleton, you know, how are they going to do it? And I think you know that there are times where you look at it, it's like, oh man, the, the process for the Bucks down the stretch, not great, uh, but you know, able to pull it out with with. You know, Drew knocking down a big shot and, you know, Giannis able, you know, to, to, to get to the rim like he did um, uh, at the end of the last game. And, you know, I, and another late, you know, questionable call, questionable refereeing with Marcus Smart going up to take the shot. I don't know. I, I think that that was a foul. You got, you know, time is winding down. He, he catches, he starts rising up. I thought he was rising up before the contact was made. Um, NBA came out today trying to defend themselves, saying no, actually it was what he was he was he was rising up shooting. But because of the previous antics that have had been occurring, right? The NBA is trying to to get rid of some of that stuff, and and now it's almost like if you foul the guy in the perimeter coming off that screen harder, so he can't actually get the shot up. Like the harder you foul him, the the you know less likely they are to, to give you the three shots, and and that's what happened. Marcus Smart, beautiful missed free throw. And uh, almost got the tip in, and uh, same thing with Al Horford, but not you know didn't quite get it in time. And here we are, two one. It's a close series, and mm-hmm. how 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 good can can Giannis and Drew uh, be? I mean, in game one, I think the story was all those extra shooters um, for the Bucks knocking things down, right? Um, then Jalen Brown just and I guess the whole, the whole whole Boston team, and and then it was a close one. This has all all the makings of of seven games, and uh, well, we'll 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 see how it goes there. Yeah, the reason I pick Celtics has has everything to do with Chris Milton, and you know the th- the same problem that he'd have in a lot of close games is there's no like super clearly defined. This is the guy who takes the shot. This is the guy who either or even sets up. Like obviously, Giannis, best player in the world, probably, and he's going to have the ball a lot. But you always run the risk, especially if you're coming from behind a little bit, that they just oh oh shot happening foul, go shoot your free throws, Giannis. Hope you hope you have a good day today, you know. And like Chris Milton missing that, and then the Celtics having two guys like that can do that. Not to mention 
and Al Horford and Marcus Smart, who are usually really good connectors. So they get that ball. They don't panic if they're in the short roll or on the kickout. They can still find the next guy who's even more open if Jason Tam and Jalen Brown aren't doing the final shooting. Like you're a little bit less dependent on that when you're talking about it's Giannis and Drew Holiday, and that's kind of it in terms of the guys you really trust to make the right decisions. Um, so that's why I thought Celtics and six. Um, but Giannis, he's proven, and once again, he's the best player in the league, and he's not to be underestimated in how impactful he can be offensively, defensively. He's, he doesn't mess up in that regard. Like he had a horrible day from the field in game two. And obviously they had no chance, but like well, he comes back in game three and just controls the game. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if that man is able to, you know, to play that physical style and be allowed to like go through defenders to get to the rim, it's He's an, almost an impossible guy to stop. And he's so much better at passing than he used to be. Grayson Allen getting the start uh, in that third game was, was a curious one because it felt like they kind of had to go big. Um, because of not having Middleton and, and, you know, if, if, because of not having another kind of just like sized guy to Middleton to be able to defend, um, you know, one of the Jays and, uh, so, you know, they went big, but, but here they, they went, you know, they tried to go small and I'll, I'll just say, um, not, not the best outing from, from one Grace now, in fact, very, very poor, uh, but, you know, you're, you're able to get contributions, um, you know, enough contributions elsewhere. I, I just, I wonder as the series progresses and goes on, like it, it just feels like Giannis has to have like a series like he did in the finals in order for this, in order for, for them to pull it out. And he can, we've seen it. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, is, is it, is it going to happen um, with, uh, you know, with, with, with how good Boston uh, is. And we saw what Boston did to Kevin Durant and um Obviously, there, there are different players and where they want to get it. And you know, Kevin Durant settled in the first round, and Boston was able to reap, reap rewards. Donis is not. Um, we'll see. Yeah. And I say these guys, like they won that game the other day without any good shooting performances from the others, right? It was, you know, Giannis, Giannis contributed to the 26% from three point line. But I mean, the best shooter in the game was Pat Connaughton. I guess Weston Matthews was one for two, but Pat Connaughton took eight threes, made three. And, like, he's the best shooter they had on the court that night. And they still were able to scrape out a win. You know, you get these guys to just shoot – all of them shoot 30% instead of, you know, Grayson Allen missing all three. And I guess Drew Holiday took 10 and straight three. But we're, we're talking about it's, – it's fine-tooth fine tooth comb out here. When you do have the best player on the court, but you're at a significant disadvantage over any every other position, Drew Holiday's doing his best. But, like, he's at a serious size disadvantage trying to guard Brown or Tatum. And so maybe you, you stick on smart and just keep him out of it. But then, you, uh, man, it's tough out here when you don't have Chris Milton. And I hope everyone realizes how good that dude is when you watch, like, how they have to really play a great game to be staying competitive with this Boston team. It just, just gives them so much more, so many more options. And I just – I don't trust I – don't, I don't trust Bud to put them in spots, uh, you know, set them up offensively with, with you know – the kind of and season that they deep. need a, yeah and, and without pj tucker they, they they're missing a very important like good defender in corner like floor spreader and you know again we we, we, we bemoaned the serge Ibaka move um and because it's like hey if if lopez is out 
you're going to lose anyways. And Lopez has been good. He's been, he's been, he's been pretty good. This, uh, these playoffs and Serge Ibaka not seeing the floor really. So it's, you, you wish you could have gotten, you know, something, even if it was, you know, someone not that good, but just someone with size, you could like maybe throw out in a pinch and just let's see what happens today. I don't know. It's we'll see. So even if you just had like a fat young, who's at least a good athlete with some size. Well, fat like young Serge costs just watched. Huh? Fat, fat young cost uh, some, some capital. So. It did. It did. I, I know. It was just, you, you wish, you wish that, you know, stinky teams like the Raptors could have just kept their paws off good players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our, our, uh, our last series. Um, shall we get there? Yes. Let's get there. Warriors Grizzlies. And this one, it has been frustrating because of again the the excess stuff after the fact, and it's always about uh, you know always about the Draymond Green ejection, the um, uh, the the Dylan Brooks you know warranted you know ejection and all that stuff you know Gary I Payton, hate Dylan Brooks this, this, <laughs> Gary Payton the second um, you know hope he heals well hopes he hope he gets a bag this offseason uh, regardless he's been you know, wonderful fit there uh, but. Now coming after this, it's it's the you know, the John Morant, um, you know, knee the Jordan the Jordan pull pull, uh, and you know all 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 that stuff. And I, I you know don't want to get into it as much, but it's just it's one thing after another. Um, and at the moment, John Morant is has been you know Sham came out today and said, hey, they don't think he's going to play. He's, this is like doubtful. I think he's probably going to play. Um, my, the reason why is because we've, we've seen two times this playoffs, uh, the, you know, a, a team has gone out most recently, Joel Embiid, you know, basically hasn't, they haven't updated the, the, um, the, I don't know, the medical chart well enough. And a team has gotten fined $50,000 and for things that are questionable like this, it's like, Hey, if it's going to make them have to spend more time with their game plan, figuring out what they're going to do. Uh, let's just go ahead. $50,000, just, just call it an extra tax that we're, we're good with. And so uh, I think that they're probably put it, pushing this out. And then I, I think you probably see, uh, at least I hope we see um, John Morant playing because man has been electric uh, this, yeah. um, this uh, um, series because, you know, Warriors really don't have anyone who can slow them down. Especially with Gary Payton the second coming off, like he's really the only guy who could consistently give Jaw like an irritant. And of course, Dylan Brooks dispatched of that man. Um, here's the thing, man. John Morant, if, if that leg is is the problem, like if that's a problem for him, I am worried that some of the shooting is is going to fall off a cliff because right now he's shooting forty three percent from three in this series, and I imagine even though he does get a lot of wide open threes because the they're, they are okay with him shooting that. They are wide you, open. They, they, they legs, are practice three pointers. Yeah, if your legs are if you, your legs are failing you a little bit, that's where those those threes don't go up so easy. And all, not to mention all the acrobatics and jumping into floaters and all those kind of things. Although if he's got the straight line speed, there's still not a guy on the Warriors that I trust to stay in front of him to get him to keep him off that first step that's so electric. Here's the thing, man. The, our, our boy Desmond Bain. I th- I've heard he's got the little back problem, and it's just real. It's really sad for me because man, I will pay for that man all day, every day, and he is having a tough series. Not as bad as Dylan Brooks, 
who I hear people people think is decent, who is terrible and not good at basketball. But, you know, man, hearing people come for Desmond Bain like that, it just hurts my soul because I feel like I do, like he's bothered by something and it just hurts, man. See, I want better here's, here's the, I mean, you can you can see it just in how the man is not getting shots up. He just isn't getting the, the, the field goal attempts up like, like he, well, did. And yes, some of that in the, uh, you know, Timberwolves series was because they put so much pressure on, on John Moran. It left him, uh, you know, the ball found him open. He's open, five more open shots, but you can see him laboring out there. Steph Curry's done a good job with it, but with, with him laboring with his back, he just hasn't been able to, um, you know, get, get the ball up. You, you've seen him take some times where it's like, ah, you know, I think he got it or he would have pulled it, but he just hasn't been quick enough and, you know, passing it off. And it's, it's tough because I've, I've been there, there's, I've been reckless in some group chats with, uh, with, with Destin Bain, uh, with, with my um, love for him and, and all, all that he does. Uh, it's, it's, I've gone a little overboard. I'll just say that. Um, but it's just unfortunate that his back is hurting after carrying them uh, on his back all the first round. So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I think what this series is going to tell us a lot about the Memphis Grizzlies is how, how we see their off season go. Cause I think they've learned a lot about themselves this series. They've learned that John Moran's that dude. They know they knew that already, but they're learning it again. They're learning that Jaron Jackson jr. Is, is appropriately need like he needs to be able to play center because I'm seeing those center minutes and how good he can be defensively when he's spamming around all over the place and can just help a lot of people out. And I think they're learning that Brandon Clark needs to have a lot more involvement in like screening and like offensive activity because the guy I am in my opinion is playing really solid basketball here. Obviously we've learned from even the last series that Steven Adams time as a effective NBA player is over. Um, especially against special the good teams. Well, I mean, I, I think again, you, you saw in that first series, Brandon Clark, his the way he can attack and go to the rim, especially in an aggressive scheme, right? It opened, you know, that Timberwolves scheme opened it up for Bain and Clark. Um, whereas Stephen Adams, you know, a little too slow for that. I do think Stephen Adams would have a role in this series um, if he apparently he, he was on the COVID, you know, COVID reserve and. We'll see. It's kind of tough to be coming back from that you know, mid mid series, but I, I think that you know you could do you know the the token. Let's start. Let's figure out how this one's being refed, um, you know, and and try to get some offensive boards. Like I think that it, you know there could have been a role um, for him here. It's just we've we've not seen it. So and, uh, and having a strong boy like Stephen Adams against like a Joel Embiid against, you know, those kinds of bigs, obviously there's still space. Cause I, I I'm watching Bam has a fight in tooth and tooth and nail against Joel. While I do feel like he's doing a great job, still getting called for some just post defense foul. And I'm like, oh, man, it's tough. But regardless, like there's still a role for them. I just think, I think the answer they found is, Four of their five closing lineup guys are on the roster right now, and it's it's Morant Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark and um, Desmond Bain. And so, what they need to find out is how they can get Dylan Brooks in a reduced role. Because even in his piddling minutes because of his stupidity and hurting Gary Payton II, um, the man is just a liability with the ball in his hands, and he's 
he needs to go back to playing for a team that doesn't have any business being in the second round of the playoffs, which is where so he, he was at last year. Here's the issue. They have space going into this offseason. They have a couple of guys that they can, you know, have to make some decisions on. I think one of them is, um, you know, Kyle Anderson. And uh, there's another one, maybe, maybe it's Jarrett Culver, which doesn't really matter at all. Um, I think Aaron it's Jackson Kyle Anderson. Jr.'s is, is an RFA. No, no, he's locked he's up. Extended. He's locked he's up. Extended. He's extended, and it's a beautiful deal that declines over time. It's wonderful. Um, it is. What it, a good deal. I forgot yeah. about that until I said my, said my mouth on audio. We can't edit it out. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We leave it in. Um, but it, it's you, – you wonder, okay, well, where – what can they do uh, this offseason? Because they have space. They have about 20-ish million – or could have about $20 million in space. Where do they go? And you mentioned you know, get a replacement for, for Dylan Brooks, but he's basically their guard defender. I don't know. It's oh, he's he's their guard Fowler. I mean, oh yes, what? but but I mean, it's he it's it's your it's your Pat Bev. It's your you know whoever that guy is who's just going to be energetic and, and, and get him into them. I don't know. Maybe it's Jeremy Grant. Um, maybe it is Zaire Williams. Uh, you know, growing into that role as well. They've done a great oh, job. I hope, so. I hope so too. It'd be great. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just I need to see John Moran healthy. I need to get it to two two because if it goes down three one. I don't, I don't, I just think you don't have enough, you don't have enough options. So, um, man, like even if you manage to win game five in Memphis, you're losing game six, Like you're not, you're not going to be, you're not going to beat them twice in Oracle or not Oracle chase center. I should say, you're not going to beat them twice. So if you don't, if you don't beat them tomorrow or whatever day it is, you better, you gotta, you gotta win. (laughs) It's a tough, it's, it's, it's a tough ask for that to happen. Um, well, Ethan, the next time that we will pod is, uh, probably we were not going to do it next Sunday. So, um, I, I'm, I'm out of town. I think you're out of town unless I'll can Golf run it solo. Time to win some money. Um, it, it would seem next time could be on draft lottery, uh, evening, which is, uh, May 17th it's coming up, um, Tuesday after that. And I'll just say if, if, uh, either my team or, or, or Elkins team, you know, get a little bit lucky. We we might hop on if if they get very unlucky. We we might just not you might not hear from us for a while. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely just a wait and see game. Obviously, the Heat don't have any picks, but you know what? They got playoffs to worry about, so no worries about that. Yep. All right, then. Good talk with you, and we'll see you later. See you.